We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Field of 68 Media Network presents Red is the New Orange, a Syracuse basketball podcast. Vince intercepts a pass, breakaway for the freshman guard, he flies and slams! Aerial assault from Judah Mintz! Looking to go back door to Bell, they get it to a near corner three, knocks it down! Chris Bell, the sharpshooter! Bringing you everything you need to know out of the 315. Up top, Williams searches ahead, up with the right hand and in! A pretty up-and-under move from Benny Williams to beat his man. Over to Taylor. He skips into the lane, puts up a floater, and drops in. Let's get it started with your host, Ian Unsworth and Johnny Gadamowitz. Well, the Maui Invitational was not a memorable one for Syracuse fans. The Orange go 1-2. and two. The only win is over Chaminade. And we were left with more questions than answers. Welcome into Red is the New Orange, Ian Unsworth. Johnny Gadamwitz with you as always. Follow us, F68 underscore Cuse on Twitter. Drop the YouTube a subscription, a follow. You can check out every single Field of 68 team podcast right there, whether it's UNC, whether it's Kentucky, whether you want to figure out what the heck's going on at Louisville, UCLA, you name it, they got it. And also give the Field of 68 a follow for After Dark every single night. Rob Doster, Jeff Goodman, the guys break down the biggest storylines from the night of college basketball. So definitely worth giving those a follow. And of course, you can listen to us wherever you get your podcasts. Johnny, back to Maui. The only win over Chaminade. Two double-digit losses to teams that are probably top 10 when the season is said and done. Disappointing. But on a scale of 1 to 10, how disappointed are you? Because you were the guy that said Syracuse could crack one of these nuts and win one of these big early season games. Yeah, I'm I'm disappointed. And that's it's it's not to say that it isn't what I expected. Um, you know, I won't lie. When you hit the halftime of that Tennessee game, I was feeling pretty good, right? You're down five. You find a way to sort of neutralize that volunteer's offense, at least for 20 minutes. 
Um, and then the second half was what it was. Connect shot the lights out. Tennessee flexed its muscles. And Syracuse continues to prove that it can't put together a full 40. Um, I, I think for me, the biggest disappointment, and you, you mentioned, you know, having more. Okay, okay, enough about that. What? Give me a number, Johnny. Give me a uh, number. Stop, stop all this pontificating. Give I know. I'm putting it off. I'm putting it off. Meaning 10 is, is as disappointing. 10 is like kicking and screaming, throwing stuff. And one is like, no, no. Like one is sitting here. I'd, I'd say, I'd say, I'd say a six and a half. I think six and a half is where I'm at. I'm not pressing the panic button, but at the same time, would have liked to see a little more life. I agree. As yeah. let me let me take a take a drink from the uh, old old water bottle here. <laughs> Listen, I will say, nice to end on a win, obviously, but at the same time, yeah, it the, doesn't. The win doesn't, the win doesn't mean anything. Doesn't mean you're playing, you're playing yeah. a school that's not D one competition, right? It's it's clearly there for ceremonial purposes. You need to host school, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. I will say, having the tournament at the University of Hawaii instead of the Lahaina Civic Center didn't seem to lose any of the feel, which I really appreciated. Watching the Maui Invitational in years past, you look at the small gym, the shots of the beach, right? Everyone is so into it. The gym is so cozy, and it feels like you're watching a high school game. The University of Hawaii kind of felt a, like a step up right. size-wise, but other than that, it was still the same. You know, Bill Walton's still a nut job. I mean, it doesn't take two. It doesn't take a... Genius to figure that one out. But it, it still felt like November tournament basketball. And if you also watch the rest of the tournament, I mean, it, it was fantastic. We probably saw a couple of Elite Eight, maybe even Final Four previews. And it, it's not bad for Syracuse to test your medal against a Final Four team, which Tennessee could easily be. Gonzaga's probably not a Final Four team. But at least they looked pretty darn good this week. At least they're going to make the tournament and probably make it to the second weekend. Right. Right. So kind of let's let's get into the nuts and bolts here. With Tennessee, you kind of ran through it before I before I pinned you down on a number here. But the game was at six deep in the second half. Yeah. Connect is down with that lower body injury. And things things just fall sideways. The, yeah. the full 40 minutes is, is the big struggle for this team. And they haven't shown it yet, Ian, right? I think that's – I mean, look, they held them to what? I think it was 33% shooting in half number one. I think the defense was what I really was proud of, I'll even go as far to say, in that first half, right? The ability to go out, know that, okay – we know we're going up against stiff top competition. We know we haven't seen a team like this yet. And to come out of the gate in the way that they did, and not even just out of the gate, you mentioned it too. You know, it, it was close second half as well. When the wheels fell off, though, um, you know, that I, I think it was something that both you and I probably felt was inevitable at some point in that game. It was a matter of when, not if. Um, and, you know, it's the sort of thing where, again, in November – you can afford for that to happen, right? I'd rather <clears throat> address those issues now so that come January and February, you know what you're doing and you don't have those utter collapses down the home stretch. Speaking of addressing the issues, let's talk about this Benny thing for a second. Yeah. What in the world is going on? 
I I think moving forward, we have to operate under the assumption that he is a net zero, right? Not necessarily holding anybody back and not hurting the overall product, but also not helping it either, right? And as we get into some of our Gonzaga discussion, we'll implement this, I'll implement this point even more. But I think with Benny, until he proves that he has something to offer and he has a tangible role on this team. And look, he's not going to figure that out overnight, right? The only way to figure out the the larger piece of the puzzle that he is, is to kind of play the long game with it, um, which stinks because for whatever reason, the program right now seems a little hesitant to play that long game. But I think, you know, he... You want to call him an X factor? Sure. Could he unlock a level of of offensive and defensive prowess that we haven't seen from this group yet? Potentially. But until he gives us any reason to believe it, I almost want to continue to have these conversations as if he's out of the picture. Because frankly, Ian, that that's kind of what well, he was. Like. Right. He, he just sat on the bench in a freaking tank top. Right. Against Gonzaga. Like. There's there's got to be something else going on, whether it, there's there's some sort of practice or if there's some sort of discussions between Benny and and a coach or whatever it may be. But there's no reason to play the dude 16 minutes one game and then not play him at all against Gonzaga unless there's other stuff going on. So there, there's got to be other stuff going on. Yeah, because I, mean, I no- think that's the only logical conclusion that – that we can sort of arrive at, which is puzzling. You know, I think, you know, put it this way. If this guy wanted out, I think he's had every opportunity, right? Yeah. I mean, he is, he has vocally expressed his commitment to Syracuse university in the past, right? I don't think it's a matter of, of, of him not wanting it. Um, just, just gotta be something from a behind the scenes standpoint that, that is preventing him from, from living out to his fullest potential. Just disappointing. Yeah, we know he can give Syracuse 15, 16 points if it really comes down to it. And there are times, especially against these better teams, when Syracuse looks incapable of scoring the ball. Against Tennessee, Chris Bell is is smoking hot in the first half. Yep. He, he can't miss. And then he falls off the wagon inevitably. I mean, that's like you just can't expect a shooter to stay hot for 40 minutes, especially when most of, or if not all of Bell's shots are hand in the face, right? One dribble. Oh, Hey defender. I'm going to shoot it over. Like every single shot he takes is contested. I will say they're all super difficult. He, he reeled me in a little bit. Like I fell for it in the sense that, okay, you think about the game he had against Colgate, right? To turn around and, and do it one game later against a top 10 team, he I, I don't know if he's pieced together three halves like that during the entirety of his Syracuse career. So, yes, obviously he was bound to fall off the cliff at some point. Well, yeah, the wheels sort fell of, off the bus. They did. They did. But I was sitting at the edge of my seat thinking – Oh my God, hang on. Are, are, are we seeing a little bit of consistency here? And that was fool's gold, right? Because all you got to do is watch the kind of shots he takes. And you know, 
that the consistency just isn't there. But but not only to to have him, you know, struggle down the home stretch of the Tennessee game, but then even in the Gonzaga game too, which I know you were just alluding to. What did he go? One for 10 from range, two of 18 from the field. I mean, that is that's inexplicable. Well, I shouldn't say it's inexplicable because he's going to have his peaks and valleys, but got to be more of a one dimensional guy. Right. Or, or more than a one dimensional guy, I should say, especially on a game where Justin Taylor gives you nothing either. Right. And, and this goes back to the larger Benny point. And this was really if you're going to take anything away from this podcast, I think it's this. For me, the Gonzaga game is sort of what this team's ceiling can be without a third scorer developing. Right. Judah can only do so much. JJ can only do so much and they each have their flaws. They didn't play perfect games by any stretch, but at some point, I mean, you know, and you look around the country, you got to sort of have that third guy. And this team has three or four guys. I think that could be that third guy. Right. But here we are now, you know, it's not game two anymore. It's not game three. We've got enough of a sample size to sort of pick at here where, you know, you asked me about my disappointment before. That's where most of it kind of lies. The fact that that guy, whoever it might be, Bell, Taylor, Benny, has yet to emerge. Well, before we get full on into the Gonzaga game, let's get a quick word from Rob Doster and our friends at BetMGM. As you guys know by now, we've partnered with BetMGM Sportsbook for this college basketball season. We're going to be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks and predictions throughout the college basketball season. And we are going to have special offers for you, the listeners and the viewers on the field of 68, each and every week during the season. If you haven't signed up with BetMGM yet, use the bonus code FIELD1500 and you will get up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager on BetMGM Sportsbook. Here's what you got to do. Download the BetMGM app. Sign up using the bonus code FIELD1500. Deposit at least $10 and place your first wager on any game. You will receive up to $1,500 in bonus bets if that bet loses. Just make sure you use the bonus code FIELD1500 when you sign up. And remember, BetMGM is now available under one wallet in select states. As a New Jersey resident, this is super convenient for me when I have to go cover games in New York or Philly. When cross the state borders, just log into your existing account instead of having to create new accounts in each state that you go to. And most importantly, I got to let you know, we do have some fun stuff coming up for this college basketball season. Bet insurance tokens, college hoops odds boosts, my personal favorite, parlay odds boosts. So download the BetMGM app today. All right, back to Gonzaga. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. 
That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well being and proper recovery for top notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The Tennessee game, Syracuse was around. The first half was very close. It felt like the Orange had a chance until the Volunteers widened the gap at the end. Gonzaga, on the other hand, it felt like the Orange were trying to catch a runaway train. The, the Bulldogs play fast. They, they've always been a pacey team. We said it was sort of a new era, right, Johnny? I think that's the phrase you used. New era, different Gonzaga team but same sort of style that Mark Few's been using year after year. What really impressed me the most about Gonzaga, four different players in double figures, was how well they passed the basketball. Dude, they moved the ball. They moved the ball. And that's what we've been wanting from a Syracuse standpoint for years. I wrote it down here as well. 17 assists on 30 made buckets. When was the last time Syracuse had numbers like that? The flow. It's like, I don't know, to to draw the NBA comp, you know, the, the, the San Antonio Spurs teams of years past during that dynasty where you just watch. And it's good basketball, right? It's finding the open guy. It's swinging it around the perimeter. It's not relying on iso ball. I think Syracuse can learn a thing or two from that Gonzaga game watching the Zags play offense. Once Gonzaga got the ball inside, Syracuse got totally discombobulated. They were flipping it back and forth, interior passing from block to block, whether that's big to big, Huff to EK, or Nemhard getting inside, laying it off to Anton Watson. They found so many different ways to confuse Syracuse's man-to-man defense. We talked about the pick-and-roll a lot. Syracuse can't defend the pick-and-roll. Well, when you're playing against a guard who is better than you, he doesn't need a pick-and-roll. He can get to the hole by himself. And that's what Nemhar did. That's what Nolan Hickman did. That's what these guys did. They just went at Syracuse's man-to-man. They were not afraid. And it really helps when you get the ball inside, you get people out of position because even if you miss Gonzaga had 25 second chance points, they scored 79. You take those first shots away. It's a one possession game. So with all that being said, there's still a long way to go for Syracuse's defense. And it showed that there, there are many more steps to take. It it doesn't matter if Judah gets you 25 points if you can't stop anyone and if you're a leaky faucet on defense, 
there's there's not a whole lot your offense can really do running with a team that likes to run. You can't beat them at your own game. Especially because we hear all the time how athletic this Syracuse team is supposed to be and the fact it's that, you different know, from last year, yeah. different from last year, teams are going to have, have a tough time cracking that man-to-man defense. Gonzaga did it easily. Um, and, and I think, you know, the, the interior defense for me is what really leaves a lot to be desired here, Ian, right? I mean, you know, we, we've – Nahima Cloud struggles have been well-documented. Um, you know, I just think, you know, three minutes out of Munir Hima – Obviously, he's he was a non-factor in that. I'm, I'm glad he saw the floor. I'm, I'm, I'm glad, I am glad he, he saw the floor. Warm ups off and break keep those legs fresh. Shoes. Keep those yeah. legs fresh. But this, I don't know. I mean, as much as you like the perimeter defense, um, and, and is capable of defenders, you as, like the idea are, of the right. of the perimeter defense, right? I don't know well, if it's if it's actually there yet. When you get a team that's zipping the ball around like nobody's business and just finding the holes in the way that Gonzaga did, and for me, what's frustrating was, you know. I think against Colgate, that's sort of the approach we expected the Raiders to take. A little bit of a different look, but kind of falling under the same umbrella, if you will. And Syracuse looked prepared for the task. The difference, obviously, is Colgate and Gonzaga, two different programs in terms of the type of guys they're bringing to the table. The other thing, you have to split your scout 50-50 between Gonzaga, who's going to run up and down, play super fast. And the exact opposite, right who's toting around a seven foot four, probably taller, big guy who's the best player in the country. And all they have to do is throw it into him 20 times, 30 times a game. And he, if you watched any of that Purdue Tennessee game, Edie got fouled probably 25 times in the second half. There were 70 something combined free throws. Yeah, Why would you watch any of that game? Dude, that that was hurt my eyes. Terrible product. You bring up a good point, though, and I want to ask you this here. You know, how how much slack are are you willing to get? In? I don't know if giving them slack is the right way to phrase it, but like considering, okay, two really tough games, back-to-back days, you don't know who your opponent on day two is going to be until the last minute. Like, it, it not an excuse, but does that, is that worthy of, of kind of being factored into the conversation, you think? It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I would think so. Yeah. It's it's tough to really have a great idea on what you're getting into when you play two teams that you have no business playing other than the fact that it's a multi-team event. Right. At the same time, if Syracuse has any chance of making the NCAA tournament, and as people seem to be floating, there are people on Twitter who have this idea that Syracuse is one of those teams that's really going to make a push for the NCAA tournament. I would love to see it. 
I'm I'm super excited, but I'm also a glass half empty guy whenever it comes to anything Syracuse sports. So I'll take I'll take the I'll, I'll be self aware here. Could Syracuse be a tournament team? Yeah. Are we seeing it yet? I, I I don't think so. And it's not just like it's not them playing the the Gonzagas and the Tennessees of the world. It's them looking a little, a little sus against New Hampshire and Colgate. Like, well, I don't know, man. I mean, they, were you watching any of Duke, uh, Southern Indiana? What Southern yeah, Indiana I was mean, what up at the our, break? Our friend Brad Klein on the call. He, I'm sure he got a great game. I mean, the con- the ACC is not knocking my shoes off. I'll tell you yeah, that I much. Mean, I know, obviously, UNC it falls was, more UNC on Syracuse. was getting getting tested by Northern Iowa. Right, right. Uh, who knows? So ev- everybody does hasn't looked great. There's there's not one team in college basketball per se that looks like world beaters right now, but at the same time, there are other teams that have problems that are fixable. While Syracuse is still learning on the job, you know what I mean. Say say you got a job working at you know your local grocery store, you don't know how to do everything properly until three weeks in. It's like on day one they threw you behind the butcher counter. Johnny, if some grandma walks in and she asks you, hey, son, can I get a four four steaks? They're not going to give you the cow and say, go ahead. So that's kind of what Syracuse is doing right now. Syracuse has the cow, and, and they're trying to figure out how to car- carve out those steaks. And my biggest worry is that those problems – not that they won't be fixed, but I think this is where Syracuse is different than a lot of other teams. I think more of their problems lie on the construction of the roster almost rather than like they are who they are in a sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you can, you're only going to get so much out of your big men when Naheem McLeod is the only guy that's seeing real minutes out of your big men, right? So I think they're playing with a little bit of an altered mindset because they really have to tier their game plan and their strengths towards what they kind of have and what the makeup of this team is. That's not to say there's not a way to do it, but as you alluded to, Ian, it's going to take some time. My last thought on this, when you have McLeod struggle and you have Malik Brown as the backup five, you're going to be putting a lot of those tough positions against faster teams, bigger teams. Malik Brown's just not meant to play the five. That's that's not going to work. You know, but you don't have mul- you don't have multiple fillets on this team to kind of go back to the stake thing. You got one you got one fillet on this team and that's Judah Mintz. Other other than that, like any you're, you're any strip stakes? Any strip stakes? New York strip. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, Chris Bell looked like a strip stack. You get the point. Like every like there's just no there's not enough consistency yet. Yeah. And that's why when you brought up the point early on about this team has to make a splash or they'll they'll win, I was I was I wasn't with it because there's just a long way for the team to go. And all you got to do is look at the rebounding battle, right? Minus thirty five between Tennessee and Gonzaga combined, minus thirty five on the boards. And they're still coaching. They're coached that out of last year. You got you got to get rid of those you know those bad habits. And Syracuse still has a long way to go. Johnny, anything else before we wrap it up? Well, I will say this, Ian. I mean, during our preseason talks, you really honed in on some of these next few games, right? I mean, LSU coming up, ACC, SEC challenge. You get a date with Oregon 
coming up in in mid-December as well. Georgetown sprinkled in there, a gritty Cornell squad out of the Ivy League. It, buckle up. It, it, it's going to be a fun next couple weeks. Yeah, I'm sure Cornell is is rather gritty and it's a bunch of high IQ coaches' sons going on going on up there. Thank you for that, Johnny. Oregon just lost its two best big men. We'll put that out there. And we will have in-depth previews of both LSU and Oregon with one of our former roommates, John Eads, who's now doing the good work down there in Shreveport, and then one of my best friends from childhood, Shane Hoffman, who covers the Oregon Ducks football and men's basketball team. So keep an eye out for that episode with Jeeds, as we call him, should be dropping Monday, normal time. Yes, we are a little bit behind today, but Thanksgiving is Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. You know, things things move a little bit slower when you've got the what the tryptophan is that what it's called? Whatever I, the turkey chemical is, I when think it's so. flowing through your veins. Things go a little bit slow. And it stays in the system for a couple days after, too. Yeah, that's why I slept so late today. <laughs> so, with Johnny Gadamwitz, I'm Ian Unsworth. Thank you so much for tuning in. Remember, drop us a follow, F68 underscore Cuse, and follow the Field of 68 as well. On both Twitter and YouTube, check out all the other team pods, After Dark as well. And you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. We hope Syracuse beats Wake Forest today and gets football bowl eligibility, but at the same time, it's a new era for Syracuse football, and that is that. Neither of us thought Dino would go, but he's gone. Conversation for another day. Exactly. So, hope you have a great weekend. Go Orange, and we'll see you Monday. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.